Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. We want you to understand the principles of multiplication. And one of the beautiful things about God's Word is that it's so practical. It enables us to understand what it is that we need to do each and every day so we can live a life of multiplication. One of the challenges that all of us have is making the most out of what we've been entrusted with. What we have already, not just pawning and hoping and desiring and dreaming of what has yet to be brought to us, but to do something amazing with what we already have. Now we may look at what we have and, and I'm sure that we're grateful for it. On some level, on, on the best days, we are grateful for it. On most days, we may resent it. We may not find gratefulness in our minds or in our hearts for it because we want something more. We want something else. But what God is trying to show us is that what he's already given us, what he's already entrusted us with, is for multiplication. Now, when I think of faithfulness, I think of a few words. Someone asks me, Pastor, what is faithfulness? I say, you know, faithfulness is about being loyal. It's about being committed. It's about being devoted. It's about being trustworthy. It's about being a person who is able to be honest no matter what the circumstances are. I think a person who is faithful is someone that you can always count on. They are dependable. But when God defines faithfulness, he actually defines it differently. God's definition of faithfulness is actually multiplication. Now, that's not the word I would have chosen. It's not the word I would have selected. It's not the word that I would have gone for when someone asked me, hey, describe faithfulness. But then I remember that there was a time in which Jesus was walking with his disciples and he walks up to this fig tree and he discovers that there are no figs on it and the Bible says that he actually curses the tree. Now, the thing is that Jesus was actually cursing something that already wasn't fruitful. So put it in context that this tree that was supposed to bear fruit, that was supposed to give figs, already was not doing and fulfilling its purpose. Keep in mind that this tree that was supposed to have fruit in season didn't have any, which meant that it wasn't fruitful and therefore it wasn't multiplying. And so what Jesus does is that he curses it and the tree withers and and, and dies out completely. And, And In the Bible, we understand that the fig tree is actually 
the nation of Israel and how it was entrusted to be able to bear fruit and to multiply itself among the nations, but it wasn't doing that. And so when Jesus walks up to this tree, he's also condemning the way that religion had worked up until that point. How the temple had failed and its temple servants had failed the people. How it had not realized its potential and how it had not done what God had instructed them to do. And so now they're not bearing any fruit. And so Jesus highlights this by what he does. And in the passage that we're about to read, on two different occasions, both in Matthew and in Luke, the last verse is really hard because it talks about how there's weeping and gnashing of teeth for anyone who isn't fruitful. For someone who isn't able to take what God has given them and entrusted them and do something with it in their lifetime. And so that message is important to keep in mind when we think of what does faithfulness look like. Well, God says it looks like this. The definition of faithful equals multiplication. And when you think of multiplication, what are you thinking about in terms of seeing multiplied? Well, the Bible talks about this parable that Jesus gives, and he speaks of it in terms of talents. Silver, let's say, it's wealth, it's possessions. Now, we've understood that to go beyond just wealth. We go and understand in our minds and in our everyday application that, of course, we're talking about gifts, abilities, things that uniquely have formed us and shaped us that give us an ability in this life to make a difference in our spheres of influence. And whatever our sphere of influence is, that we can have impact there. That God is looking for multiplication in those areas, in those spheres of influence. And so when he's saying, I want you to be a faithful disciple, he's asking us, are you multiplying in your sphere of influence? But he's also asking us, what have we done with what we've been entrusted with? With what I've already put in your hands? So the story begins in Luke 19. Let's take a look. I like this version of the story that Jesus gives. Uh, the Matthew one is the one that we're most familiar with, but there's principles of multiplication in the story that is found in Luke 19 that are not found in Matthew 23. And so I want us to look at this passage instead. And in verse 11, it says that they have heard these things. He added and he spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom. And then he was to return. And then he called his ten servants and he delivered them ten pounds. And he said unto them, occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him, and they sent a message after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. 
And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called upon him to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. And then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And then he said unto him, Well, thy good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. And then the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. And another came saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. And for I feared thee, because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up that thou layest not down, and you reap that which you did not sow. And he said unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thy wicked servant, though you knowest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury? And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. And the Lord says that unto every one which hath shall be given, and then from him that hath not, even that that he hath shall be taken away from him. Now, you guys messed me up because that was supposed to be NLT, and we just read the King James Version. So, I'm sweating up here, man. Like... I don't know what happened, but you guys really got me good. I just, I just, like, I, I feel like I, I'm not dressed for that language. <laughs> well, since nobody understood what we read, let me just summarize <laughs> what the heck just happened. I don't know. Uh, but we are talking about what I think is really important in terms of understanding how Jesus is. And the story sounds like everyone thinks, well, they don't just think it, they believe it, that he's, that he's an austere man, which means that he is a harsh man, that he's tough, that he's difficult, that he's not someone that you want to disappoint. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I grew up with that mindset, you know. There were times when I was a kid, I, grew up, I woke up from a nap, and, I, and there was nobody in the house, and I thought Jesus had come back and left me behind. I was like certain. Because I had been told that if I wasn't a good kid, that, that I would be left behind, that, that he wouldn't take me to be with him in heaven forever. And, and I remember stories like that thinking, well, this is the Jesus that... These servants think they're serving. And, and what Jesus went and did is that he went away and then he entrusted them with something. And what God is doing here is that he's saying, this is how you view me. This is how you see me. 
you don't understand me. You don't understand what I'm here to do. You think that I want you to fail. You think that I'm harsh. And so you'd rather bury than invest. But I want you to understand that's a mistake because whatever I give you is because I want to see you prosper with it. Now Jesus gave them all something, but not everyone was able to produce. And in this story, the person who takes the one and turns it into ten, God multiplies it to the point where he gives him ten cities to govern. Now you think about that. He doesn't just say, I'm going to do a little addition here. But you took one pound, you turned it into ten, and now what I'm going to show you is that I'm going to give you ten cities to rule over. Because I am a ruler of kingdoms. And so Jesus is saying, if I rule over kingdoms, then why are you settling for what you can wrap in a napkin? Why are you afraid to lose that little bit you've got? You think that this is everything. You don't see how God is actually with you. And you don't see how much he's already given to you. You don't even understand that the whole point of him giving it to you is so that it multiplies, not so that you wrap it in a napkin. Because you're afraid of what would come next. And I know that many of us have lived in that fear for good reason. I'm sure if I asked this room, if you, if you felt you had trauma in your life, put up your hand. If you felt like you had a traumatic childhood, put up your hand. If you felt like you have lived in poverty or are experiencing poverty, you'd say, lift up your hand. I'm sure all of us could do that. I, I could share stories of my own life of what that looks like. I can tell you over and over again how tough it's been in my life. And I still wouldn't maybe come close to the tough things that you've gone through. But they were tough for me, traumatic for me. They've shaped me. Just having a conversation last night, my wife's childhood was traumatic to the point that it shaped her as an adult and how she views this world. And I was thinking about how my own life and how it shaped my view and my understanding of, of what life can be like when you're trying to live a life that is faithful and a life that multiplies. And it's hard to sometimes merge those two worlds because of how I've lived, because of what I've gone through. And I'm sure it's difficult for you as well, in the same way that you look at the things that you've been through, the things that you've gone and are going through, that it's difficult to believe in a God who multiplies in the way that he is saying that he does. In Matthew 25, 23, and don't punk me now. <laughs> the master said, well done. Oh, thank you. My good and faithful servant, you have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you, look at this, many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. 
what is, what is God's intention in this? He's saying through Jesus that there are three key things that he really wants us to get. The first thing is that Jesus cares about the multiplication, and he cares about the methods, and he cares about the motivation. And what he's saying is that I want you to understand what it looks like for you to have multiplication in your life. I want you to have this. So that's why he says that the servant is faithful. And then he says that that servant is good. And then he makes it clear that that servant has been a servant who has been faithful to the end. And his motivation was all about making sure that he pleased Jesus. And if, if, if you look at how multiplication works in your life, you can always look at these three things. Number one, am I thinking multiplication? In the story, it's one pound that becomes 10, it's five pounds that then turns into governing five cities. 10 pounds that's governing 10 cities. It's a multiplication. In Matthew, it's two talents and all of, it's, it's, it's those talents that then become four and then it's five that become ten. And the idea is always multiplication. It doesn't matter what the numbers are. What matters is that you're thinking multiplication. And so when you live a life that is faithful, God is saying you can expect multiplication. How many of us go through life thinking multiplication? Not many. I don't think I understood this early enough. I didn't, I didn't get what the story was really about. I didn't understand that multiplication was how I needed to have my mindset all the time. That whatever God had already given me, his intention was multiplication. If I get that, then I live like that every day. I look at what I have, the little bit that it is. I look at my paycheck. I look at the home that I live in. I look at whatever it is that I've got and I say, God, this is what you've entrusted me with, but now you are saying this is going to be about multiplication. Why? How? Like, wh what? Why do I need something more than this? Sometimes you have to ask yourself that question. Maybe it isn't about increasing your level of living. It is about increasing your capacity for giving. What if, what if God is saying, I'm giving you more so that you can do more, you can make a greater difference? So you can go beyond your own sphere of life and living and begin to see how God is multiplying things in your life so that you can impact other spheres that go outside of your own life and the way that you live. And now all of a sudden we begin to understand that God isn't just about multiplication, he's also about the motivation. What is motivating you to experience multiplication? Are you saying, God, entrust me more? 
You gave me a pound and I turned it into 10, and now you've given me governorship over 10 cities. That means you believe that I have the capacity to do that. Now you're going to govern a city, that means you become a servant of 10 cities. It means that you are there to impact the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. If each city on average was about 100,000 people, it meant that one pound turned into impacting one million lives. And God is saying, it wasn't just about what you did with the pound, but is what I knew you could do with the million. It was how you were going to touch all those lives. It was about what you were going to be able to do to make a difference outside of your own life and impacting the lives of others. And so when God looks at us, he says, you have the capacity not just for one, you have the capacity for a million. Can we say amen to that? I mean, that's the way he sees you. I don't see myself like that. I got to tell myself that Jesus sees me like that. I have to believe that he sees me like that. I have to trust him that I can handle that. That he is leading me to that. That everything that he is giving me is so that I can impact the million. And so when you look at your life, if you don't see yourself the way that Jesus does, this is why we need the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ means you take the teachings of Jesus and you believe in those more than your own mind and what it's telling you. I will look to the teachings of Jesus over what the darkness of my mind can conceive. I will look to the teachings of Jesus and trust that over any darkness that would permeate in my own thoughts that would cause me to believe that I am less than faithful and incapable of multiplication. I will move out of that darkness and into the light and I will think the thoughts that Jesus thinks and his teaching will be applied in my life to combat that darkness so that I will not be deceived by my thoughts and not be led by my brokenness and not be kept down by the opinions of others who judge and condemn. When Jesus looks at you, he sees someone who is capable of a million. Let that just sink in for a moment. And then think about how you can now become a multiplier by being faithful. I don't always understand, you know, how Jesus is at work in my life. And there are times when I think he's harsh. There are times when I thought that God has, like, been too hard on me. Like, this was a moment that he could have blessed me, that he could have, I don't know, just opened my eyes to see, like, just help me to not walk into the, 
into the pit that I was falling into. There was a moment there where I thought, you know, like, why? Why do you let the loved ones in my life die of cancer? Like, why? Why did you take my father at 64 when he finally was giving his life back to Jesus? I didn't have enough years with him that I could have experienced what it meant to have a spiritual father. Why, why did those things happen in the time that it happened? It was hard to understand that because I really prayed for something different. I prayed for an outcome that didn't turn out. I saw so many things that kind of just perplexed me and hurt me and, and made me question the love that God had, not only for me, but for the people in my community of faith where, where, where we labored and prayed and believed and, and, and wept and cried out to God and it still didn't go the way that we thought it could and that we believed it would. Don't tell me I'm alone in that. So when those, when those servants look and they say that, that God's a tough God and that Jesus was a tough master and that they wanted to sometimes just wrap up what they have in a napkin and just like call it a day, don't tell me you've never retreated. Don't tell me you've never hid. Don't tell me you've never stood back. Don't tell me you never stepped back. Don't tell me you never stayed away. Don't tell me you never walked away. Don't tell me you never did any of that because you did, I did. And every time I did one of those stupid things, every time I did one of those things that demonstrated my unfaithfulness, I missed out on the million. Do you get that? So, so what the teaching does is that it brings us back to a place where we look back on our life and we say, I may not have understood it. I may not have gotten it. It may have felt too harsh. It may have felt too hard. It may have felt like your love was absent. It may have felt like you weren't there for me. But at the end of the day, I will remain faithful to you. And when I remain faithful to you, whatever you have given me, I will believe that the one will turn to ten, that the ten will turn into a million because that's who you are. That's what you do. And even if I don't see it in my life right now, I am going to believe in you for it. I am going to trust you. It's hard to go there. It's hard to be there. But you all have to talk yourselves towards it. You've got to self-talk. You've got to turn to the scriptures. When you don't want to talk to yourself, let God's word speak to you instead. When you can't do it on your own, you know that you can turn to someone who's also in the faith and you can ask them, remind me why I need to be faithful. Remind me of a God who multiplies. Because right now, I'm struggling with this. Right now, I feel defeated by this. Right now, my heart is so dark, my mind is so caught up in the pain and the trauma and the tragedy of what I'm living that I cannot be faithful in this moment. I just want to kick it all to the curb and walk away. I need your help. And so we turn to the community. We turn to others who are following Jesus, who even in their own moment of weakness, as they speak their truth, 
which is God's truth, which is the truth of Jesus Christ, which is his teaching, they're going to encourage themselves as they teach you. Has it ever happened to you? That you were down, you were discouraged, someone came to you and said, I don't believe in God anymore, I'm like struggling, and something fired up inside you and said, hold on a second, no, let me tell you about why you should believe. Let me tell you about why you can be faithful, why you can experience multiplication. And then all of a sudden, as you were doing the teaching, to encourage this person all along you were just encouraging yourself you were building yourself up while you were teaching someone else because that's the way the word of God works my faith gets built up by teaching the word of God it isn't just by hearing the word of God but then it is by sharing the word of God and you need to understand that for yourself it isn't about what you learn but it's also about what you transfer to others it is about what you are able to share multiplication in the story that we're in I want you to know this it's important it is as a result of our work God is saying, you need to be put to work. You need to be put to work. You need to work. You need to do the work. And when you do the work, I multiply it. I multiply it. Even when he put Adam and Eve in a perfect garden, he put them to work. Even before the fall, they had to work. And God multiplied. It doesn't matter the context. You have to work. The work will be blessed. What you put into it, you are going to see God multiply it. If I sit back and just wait for God to change it, God to, to transform it, God to somehow change my mind and my heart without doing any work, I'm not going to see the multiplication. So God is saying, I want you to know that multiplication is going to be a product of your work. The next thing he tells us in this passage is that God gives what we need to multiply. Everything that we need to see multiplied He's already given it. Now, all we need to understand is the measure. What is the amount? What have you entrusted me with? And so, Lord, whatever you've given me, right now, what I have right now, right now, not what I will have, not what I did have. I can't do anything about what I used to have. And I can't base this on what I hope I have. I got to start with what I have. Right now, what you have, do you believe that God can multiply that? Your mind is telling you all kinds of crazy stuff right now. Your heart's telling you that you can stay angry at God because of this. But you need to understand that right now, God has already given you what you need to see it multiplied. That's how it works. Each day, God comes and gives you what you need. Each day, he's asking you, trust me, to multiply. Can we say amen to that? The next thing is we multiply what we can handle. Now, not everybody got 10 in the talents. Not everybody got one. Not everybody got two. Not everybody got five. Does that make sense? So right now, I know that I can only handle this. And there were times in my life where God gave me this. 
but said, I want you to be faithful with this. And then he entrusted me with more. Does that make sense? So you don't get upset about what you're starting off with because God's intention is just to give you success. He's just giving you what you can handle right now. And so maybe right now what you can handle is one, maybe it's two, maybe it's five. But you're going to get to the point where God gives you ten and ten becomes a million. Can we say amen to that? But right now you've got to trust him for what he has already given you. The next thing is we work and we are accountable to only one person. Now, there's a lot of responsibilities, a lot of roles we got to fulfill. But if you make yourself accountable to Jesus more than anybody else, guess what? Everyone else is going to be super impressed with you. But if you try to impress the people around you and the last person you think about is Jesus, then this is what's going to happen. Your multiplication is going to turn into division. Your motivation is going to be directed by things of this world and not by the heart of God. And your methods are going to look like everyone else's instead of the principles that Jesus has taught us. And so if you make yourself accountable and responsible to Jesus, then all of a sudden now, you're going to go from faithful to multiplication because you're not going to be motivated by whatever else is motivated by. You're not going to be led and taught by the standard that everybody else is saying is okay. We can do this. We can do that. We can do this. We can do more of that. It's okay to do it this way. You're going to say, no, Jesus has taught that I can't. That there is a better way. There is a higher way. Jesus has made it clear that I can't do this. That I can't do this like everybody else. That I can't live by this standard. He's made it clear to me and to my heart that even though I'm not ready to live like this and do these things, this is what I know. He's taught it. And I'm going to let that be my guide. Two more things. The unfaithful one just wasted his opportunity. And I have, I feel in my life, I've wasted opportunities. Anybody else? Like the opportunity was there, I just missed it. Like I, or the opportunity was there, I had it in my hands, and I wasted it. I, I could have experienced a different life, a different outcome, but I'm here now. I wasted that opportunity. And sometimes when we waste opportunities, we sometimes tie that in to the age that we are in life. Right? Like when we're wasting opportunities when you're, you know, 16, you feel like that's what you're supposed to do. Waste opportunities. You feel like that's, that's actually like, you know, living a fun life. Am I wrong? I, I felt like when I was wasting opportunities, those were like some of the best days of my life when I was young. I'll be honest with you. But now when I look back, I, I see that that wasn't the case. My perspective changed. My understanding of life changed. And as you get older, you start to feel like, I don't have many more opportunities. Have you ever said those words? Have you ever believed that in your heart? 
at all the old people God used in the Bible. Come on, wake up. It's never true, man. It's a lie. It doesn't matter your age. What matters is that faithfulness leads to multiplication. God took some of the oldest people in the Bible who had no hope and he used them greatly. People who everyone else had given up on, themselves included, and God turned them into heroes of the faith. It's nothing to do with age. It has everything to do with not letting the opportunity stay wasted. Can we say amen to that? The reason this person is talked about of having wasted the opportunity is so that we don't do that. It's so that we don't end up like them. And if I could just wrap it up with one last thing so that we can all be encouraged, it's what's on the screen right now. Let us be faithful and multiply. Does anybody else want to go in on me with this? Anybody else, honestly, like, are you ready? Are you ready to be faithful and to see multiplication? Uh, let's, let's stop wrapping our lives in stupid napkins. Come on, man. Come on. It's enough. It's enough. Let's stop wasting our opportunities. God's got so much more for us, so much more. And we got to believe that. we got to live that. And if it comes from a place of faithfulness, it means that today we make a decision to believe in multiplication. We're going to ask God to change our methods, and we're going to ask him to transform our motivation. Amen? Father, thank you for every person here, for every life that is watching, for everything that you have done, that you are doing, that you are bringing to life. You've done some work today, Lord, that you have taken dead things and you have brought them back to life for us. You have chosen us and you have encouraged us to realize powerful things today. And I pray, Lord, that we would lead and leave and live from that place of power. I want us, God, to lead others and to lead ourselves well. I want us, God, to leave those things that hold us back, but then leave your throne empowered to make a difference in this world. And I want us to live no longer just for ourselves, but for every sphere of influence that you have placed us in so that we can see multiplication happen. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.